Good morning, church. It's good to see everyone this morning. I want to remind you that coming up uh, here uh, at the end of October, go ahead and put this in, in your minds, plant this seed. We'll be having our missions day. That's one day where we, all the contributions go to fund all the efforts we're making in mission uh, works around the world. And so uh, be sure and uh, go ahead and start planning for that now. And uh, we'll be giving you updates uh, uh, every week here before too long. We're having some mission moments to tell you about some of the works that we're involved in. So be sure. To also today, new classes are starting. And so uh, Zach Dasher and I will be teaching Second Corinthians. I'm telling you, it's a great book. You're going to love that class. Uh, also, Trent and Gary Glenn are starting a class on the problem of pain and suffering. They'll be dealing with that. And then next week, uh, Joe Neal will be starting a class on parenting. And uh, uh, I'm too late on that one. So, uh, But I'll tell you what, I'm glad. Uh, you know, one of the things I always tell about parenting, just to kind of give our little extra commercial here. One thing... I always try to tell people, expose your kids to great adults. Because there'll be a time when they won't come to you, right? But you want them to have a place to go to. And so uh, there'll be a lot of great principles in that class about parenting. Well, I've made it really easy on our, on our sound guy up there. I have no slides. You can't mess this one up right out. Just sit up there and listen, brother, and enjoy. He's like got his thumbs up up there. Uh, and uh, so uh, you, you, can't, you can't mess this one up. Only I can do that. Uh, so, uh, so you'll have to get out your Bibles today or your phone or your iPad or a pen and a piece of paper and uh, go the old school route, taking some notes if you uh, 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 want to do that. We'll be talking about a life committed to evangelism and service. Do you realize what it takes just at this church to make one assembly happen. From the greeters to our communion servers to our sound people to all of our volunteers in, in teaching the kids classes and, and Bible hour and uh, all the things of, of people volunteering in preparation for today. We'll have over a hundred plus people volunteering to make this hour take place. Serving in this kingdom. And look, by the way, I, I praise God for those that serve in so many ways to so many people. Uh, if, if you're a greeter, would, and they may still be out there greeting, would you stand up? There, there are greeters. Just stay standing up. Just stay there. I want you to know. I want you to know how they stay up. Stay standing up. Stay standing up. It's okay. You stand up out there an hour ahead of church, you can do it a little longer. You are so valuable to this church. You're the first contact when someone walks through that door. Uh, just stay standing out. Now, look, if you help wait on the table or this, do supper, stand up, please. Look at those folks. If you've ever taught and volunteered in a Bible class, would you stand up? Thank you. If you sing on a worship team from time to time, stand up. Thank you for your service. Praise God. Thank you. You can, see, you can be seated now. Because that affects our evangelism and our heart of service. 
I want you to remember this about evangelism today. We talk about the gospel a lot here, and, and rightfully so. It is the story that changes people's lives. But we're not about just a few people being evangelistic. There are people who are evangelists, and God's called them for that role, but everybody must have a part in evangelism. It takes all the whole body functioning. You see, in Corinthians, Paul said, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. It takes everybody. So, but Mike, I don't know, what can I do? I'm going to tell you what you can do. We're going to, here's the approach we're going to take today. Everybody can invite somebody. It's, it's what I call the come and see. Andrew meets Jesus, and what does he do? He goes and he tells Silas, hey, come and see. Come see this Jesus. And, and, and Philip uh, meets Jesus, and he goes and he tells Nathaniel, hey, come and see. And then later on in the book of John, the Samaritan woman has an encounter with Christ and, and sees what he's like. And she goes back to her whole town and says, come and, come and see. Come and see about this man called Jesus. Everybody. Look, most people, most people who come to Christ come because somebody took the time to invite them to something. It's real that simple. And there, every one of us can be involved in the come and see ministry, right? Because everybody, whether you shop with somebody, you work for somebody, uh, uh, whether you're playing ball and your kids are involved, you can tell us, look, just come, come and see. Come to our church and see. We've got some folks that, that, can, that can encourage you. Come and see what the ministry can do and change you. Come and see how people's lives have been drastically changed because they used to be addicted and, and drugged up and now they're serving God and making an impact. Come and see this man Jesus and what he's done in these people's lives. We need the come and see ministry to be strong every day throughout the whole week. We want folks to say to other people, come and see. Jesus Christ, He can make a difference in your life. Now think about it for a minute. Just this week, if somebody invited, not, not somebody invited you to something that's happening within our own fellowship, but outside just meeting, but did anybody invite you to their church? Look around. One or two. It ain't happening. Except this week. It's going to happen with us, Right? We need to adapt a consciousness of the lost. We need to make sure that we are, are keeping in our mind every opportunity to tell people, come and see. That's evangelism. Well, Mike, I don't know if I can teach them. It don't matter. Come, just tell them to come and see. We've got folks that will do that. We've got folks that can sit down and open up the book. And they'll sit down with you and help you do it. We've got people that can minister to people who are going through tough times, whether it's, whether it's, their, whether it's their families in disarray or whether it's a, a, an alcohol problem or whether it's some a, a sexual immorality, whatever sin that's broken them. We've got people here that God's brought through brokenness. They, we've got folks that God is using to evangelize and tell the good news of how Jesus can change your life. We just need all of us going out of here, asking people, would you come and see? 
this Jesus that's made a difference in my life. It's not rocket science. We can do it, right? Right? Okay, all four of y'all that said that, you're good. We can do this, right? Right. Amen to that. Okay. Next one's not not difficult either. We not only do we say come and see, we want an emphasis that says to all of us, come and serve. We already talked about how many people that are serving to make our ministry great today. We need more and more people serving. I know sometimes it was that well, Mike, I'm just not, I'm unqualified. I, I promise you, you're not unqualified. Abraham wasn't too old and Rahab wasn't too immoral and look at what David did. You think there, hey, look, the list of unqualified people that God used is an amazing list, right? You're not unqualified. Yeah, but you don't know the mess I've been in. They couldn't use me. I, I promise you, you can be used and serve in the kingdom and in this church family. We need you. God has called you to the body, and everybody in the body is important. Every single person, from the youngest to the oldest, and no matter what level you think you are in talent, everybody is important in the body of Christ, and we need you serving in order for our church to grow and be effective. We're going to go to John chapter 13. Because how can we talk about serving without talking about this story? But before we get there, just one page before on John 12. Usually before we get to talk about 13, we miss chapter 12. In chapter 12, verse 20, Jesus is predicting his death. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. And they they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Oh, I would love people to walk up to me and say that. Philip went to tell Andrew. Remember, Philip, he's a come and see kind of guy, right? And Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. And Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now look at this next sentence. Whoever, what? Serves me must follow me. And where... I am, my servant also will be. And I love this next phrase. I highlighted this in my Bible. My Father will honor the one who serves me. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now look, I know serving is a difficult thing. I, you know, you, you, you have to teach servanthood. It doesn't come automatically. Do you you have to teach a child to pull a toy away from another child? Do you have to say, now look, if he's got your toy, you grab it and you pull real hard. And Do you have to teach him to do that? You don't have to teach that. Selfishness doesn't have to be taught. It's right there, part of us, we're fighting it all the time. 
And so I, and I admit to you, I mean, this is probably one of the hardest things for me. Because, you know, I typically want to serve on my own schedule and on my own, uh, on my own looking at something and making a decision. Someone says, uh, boy, Mike, you know, uh, I, I, I sold my house and I'm moving. I need some help Sunday afternoon. You think you could come help me move? And I got that request a lot more in the younger days when I had a truck. You know, you get asked more when you got a vehicle. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, I have Sunday morning. We're tired after church. There's a lot of, you know, we still got a couple of other things to do that, that afternoon. I don't know that I, I don't know that I'll be able to be there or not. And then someone calls and says, hey, Mike, if you can free up, we got some cowboy tickets for that game Sunday night. You know what happened? My schedule just amazingly gets clear. If you don't believe so, just offer me the tickets. We'll go, right, Al? We're in. We usually make those kinds of... Why? Because I confess to you, it's, I battle this thing of selfishness. Matter of fact, I even battle this idea of whether someone is worthy to be served. Well, you know, if I give them that money, they're going to go off and buy, you know... Uh, Cigarettes and and beer and and I know some of you, you just now you you know I just stepped on somebody's toes about cigarettes I'm sure yeah uh, yeah look I'm not saying that if you smoke you'll go to hell I'm just saying you'll smell like you're going there <laughs> and if you're going there you'll probably get there quicker you know that's all I know that's all but look we look we all we, we have those things that that we have things that we're selfish about I I, I battle that. So someone comes in, and I want them. Matter of fact, I'll help them one time. And, and look, we battle this in the church office every day. How do we help? Yeah, because sometimes helping's not helping, right? So we got we try to be wise in that. But at the same time, does somebody have to have be? Do they have to, I have to deem them worthy to be served? God didn't do me that way. God didn't qualify me to get. His benevolent help. So part of me says, how dare we not serve people because somehow or another we've deemed them unworthy. I, I know, I know we want to do it the wise discerning world, but we got to be careful. We need to serve. Sometimes it's, well, I just don't have the time. I can't the time to say, oh yeah, there's not a person here who couldn't give an hour to serve in the church. And a lot of you do, and I praise God for that. Let's look at John 13. Jesus shows up, and in the verse, verse 1, it says that he's loved them, his own people, that are his own disciples that are in the world, and it says he's fixing to show them the full extent of his love. The evening meal in verse 2 was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, the scary, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew the Father. Look here now. Don't miss this. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. Here is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ, who knows God's put everything under his power. He's top dog. And he's got some disciples in the other in, in the other accounts of the gospels. You know what they're doing? 
Hey, uh, can I have this spot in the kingdom? Can I have that spot in the kingdom? Who's greatest in the kingdom? Well, you know, they're kind of having this argument. You ever have to see your kids arguing at home, at home and you come up to them at the table when they're arguing? Well, uh, I tell you what, if we were arguing and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, dad gets up from the table and starts to take off, you know, I'm, we're all fixing to get worried, right? <laughs> Jesus is there with the disciples. He's got the power. So he got up, and look what he did. Don't miss this. He got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. God on his knees, serving. This is one who's just acknowledged having all the power there is. And in his all-powerful, authoritative being that he is, what does he do to a bunch of folks that are struggling with even understanding why he's there? He wraps a towel. And he washes those feet. And he serves. A humbling act. An act that's showing his full extent of his love. And they don't really even know quite how to handle it. Matter of fact, Peter says... Well, you're not going to wash. Oh, yeah, I need to. Well, in that case, just wash my whole body. No, you don't get it. The clean, don't, clean part, they don't need washed. Then he tells them the spiritual side. There is somebody unclean in this group. Here's what amazes me. That Jesus Christ can get on his hands and knees and can wash the dirty, filthy feet of the disciples, but not just them, of Judas. And the whole time he's watching, he has a deep, extended love for this man. You know how we would do it. I don't know how I would do it. If I was washing his feet and I knew what he was going to do, I'm washing his feet saying, Oh, yeah, but you're going to get yours. You know, that's what I'm doing, right? That's not how Jesus did Fully loved him. And he served him. Look, he didn't serve so it could be acknowledged that he served. He didn't wash their feet, take a selfie, and post it on saying, great time with my disciples, hashtag towel. You know, he doesn't do it. That's not how it happened. He didn't serve to be noticed. He served unworthy people. And he served really without any expectations of them being able to come through with what they've committed. Peter's like, well, hey, I'm never forsaking you. I'm in. I'm following you. Oh, nah, you're going to have a problem down the road, but that's, that's okay. We'll work through that one too. Matthew chapter 25. Let's look at one other verse of Scripture. 
be done today. You know this one to me. This one's always a challenge. We come and see, we come and serve. Let let me just tell you three points in it and then we'll read the text. We need to teach Jesus to people. We need to be Jesus to people. And we need to see Jesus in people. Got it? Teach Jesus to people. That's evangelism. That's reaching out. Be Jesus to people. That's our example. We serve them. We love them. That's a part of serving and evangelism. And then we see Jesus in people. This is the one we usually miss. So Matthew 25, he's telling Jesus, he's telling about the sheep and the goats. And when the Son of Man comes again... And he says that uh, in verse 34, Matthew 25, The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom, the kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you looked after me. I was in prison. And you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did to me. You see, every time I feed that hungry person, I'm not only trying to teach them Jesus and not only trying to be the right example of being Jesus to them, but I've got to see Jesus in them. I'm serving Jesus. I'm feeding Jesus when I do that. When, when we go to the prison, and that prison minister goes, when Manny goes and random those guys go into the prison ministry and teach people, they're seeing Jesus in those people. They're not just being Jesus. They're seeing the potential for them becoming like Christ. And when you do that, Jesus says, look, when you did that, you did it to me. You fed me. When you clothe those people, when you feed them on Friday nights, you're not, when they're walking across the parking lot and they're putting the food in their car, look, that, that's not just someone from the community. You gotta see Jesus in them. You're feeding Jesus. You're clothing Jesus. That's what he says. When you've done that to any of these, you've done it to me. Whew. This serving thing can be really difficult sometimes. But I've found that people who have a deep passion for serving very seldom get caught up in their own problems. Most of my battles is right here in my mind and my heart. And keeping myself focused on doing something for other people is such good medicine for usually what's bothering me inside. You see, it's really not about 
serving in terms of action. Serving is not what we do. Serving is who we are. So we're on the ready to serve. I loved to hear a couple of weeks ago, we had a young couple here that had left uh, Florida to get away from the hurricanes. And we went down, we prayed over them, we gathered around them right there on the bench and, and prayed on them. Of course, tears were just coming down their eyes, her eyes and his. And, and then before the service was over, people had walked up and handed them money or slipped them, slipped them a check. And, and others had said, look, you need to come, you're, you're in a hotel, bring your kids and, 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 and come to my house. And somebody else said, uh, the, I've already invited them to my house. They had like three by, in, invites to different homes that they could come and stay in from this church family right here. And I thought, that's it. That's it. That's serving. That's Jesus. I'm going to show you later on. We got a great video that they made. Them and their kids. They, they sent back thanking us. We'll show it before too long. Of them saying what this experience. It wasn't about the physical health. It was about a healing they needed from ministry. Because he'd been involved in ministry in the past. And they needed some healing. And it's what he received on that healing side that made such a difference. And this church did that. And we have opportunity to do it all the time. We are committed to evangelism. We're going to tell people, come and see. But we have to tell ourselves, come and serve. Teach Jesus to people. Be Jesus to people. See Jesus in people. And when we serve God, chapter 12, don't forget, the Father honors us. And what a blessing that is. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus who left heaven for us, took on the form of a servant, Paul writes, and walked humbly among us here on this old world. Thank you, Father, for your Son and His service. Thank you, Father, for His willingness to take a towel and wrap around His waist. May we become people who take up towels. May we be known in this community, Father, not for great programs or great accomplishments, great numbers. May we be known in this community by people who are washing feet, serving the helpless in life, giving good news to the hopeless, enduring difficult times, but always willing to share and to serve. For we're never more like you than when we're giving. For you gave your son. We're thankful. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. Bless us with wisdom to be good servants. Father, we're, we're sorry the times that we get caught up on our selfishness. We worry about things at church we shouldn't worry about. We let fear grab us. We let Satan place doubts in our heart. We're, please forgive us of our immaturity. Raise us up to be a church full of servants with towel in hand impacting our community 
because of the name of Jesus. We love you. In his name we pray. And the church said, if you have a need to respond today, whatever you need we, you have, we can pray about that and work together on it. You have that opportunity while we stand and while we sing this song.